Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 1, 18-25. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the wise person. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made the foolishness of wisdom of this world? Made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For the Jews request a sign, and the Greeks seek that for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, to the Jews a stumbling block, and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. And I just was just really on my heart uh, Friday and today again, a little bit diverting from my message about the cross of Jesus Christ. And I think of every day, what do we do? What do you guys do every day? Just shout out some of the things you do that you don't like doing, but you do it every day. Dishes. Go to work. Come on. Go to jail. Pay bills. Anybody have to take out the trash? Vacuum the rug. Clean the floor. Clean out the refrigerator. I mean, think of all the things. Take care of the dog. Clean up after the dog. Clean up after your cat. All these things we do. Jesus went to the cross. The cross was an incredible open door to bring us into relationship with God. The goal through the cross is to connect us with Jesus Christ, connect us with God the Father. Jesus went to the cross so that we could come into relationship with Jesus. The cross was the open door for relationship, and that came by way of the Holy Spirit. When we receive Jesus Christ, we receive God's righteousness and the ability to have the Holy Spirit active in our life. Today, no matter what you feel like you have to do, no matter how discouraged you might be, no matter what you're looking forward that you have to do when you get home, I tell you that Jesus has been bringing himself to you through the cross, through being crucified, that you might experience the power and resurrection life that is in Him, and it's in having the Holy Spirit in your life. We've been talking about raising our emotional health. This is our 10th week that we've been talking about it. And all that has to do with those very things that we find ourselves having to do that we don't like, all those things that we do. And, and yet when it comes to spiritual things, sometimes our, our flesh wants to say, well, let's just not do that today. Why? Because we're drained and pulled down by the things of the world. But a great entrance has been made for us through the cross to find this incredible relationship with God and to find the strength and power through the Holy Spirit to do what He wants us to do. What did Jesus say to us as followers? Every day, daily, deny yourself. That's what the cross is. Denying is myself. Me putting myself first before God. Taking up my cross means I'm going to do what I know in my heart that God wants me to do. And when I deny myself every day, as I walk through my day, I find the power to do what God wants me to do. And I find myself walking away from those things that are, have no value, have no meaning, and sometimes those sins that keep entrapping me, bringing me under condemnation and guilt, and bringing me great frustration. 
I tell you, it's a matter of choice that we have to make, that we are going to take up our cross. We are going to hear what God has for us, and we're going to endeavor to do those things every day. That's when we're going to experience the overcoming victory. We're going to experience the freedom that is ours. We're going to be experience the, the life and the joy that God has for us. I guess I should go back to the beginning now. Our key verse for today since we're kicking off November, our Thanksgiving month, and if you look at the stores, we've bypassed Thanksgiving. We've gone from Halloween to Christmas. Now, I'm wondering what that's all about. This is the month that we are going to spend a whole day th thanking God and enjoying family called Thanksgiving. And so our key verse for today is 2 Thessalonians 5.18, and I'm reading out of Amplified. Thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be. Be thankful and give thanks, for this is the will of God for you, who are in Christ Jesus, the revealer and mediator of the will of God. Thank God. Is there anything you can thank God for right now? Christmas? Christmas? <laughs> you notice it says, in everything give thanks. It doesn't say... Give thanks for everything. It's in everything. Because some of the things that go on, you can't really feel like you can give thanks for. But in what God is going to do in those circumstances, in those situations, in the everything that's not comfortable, that's where we find this faith that arises in our heart and this confidence in this God that we're walking in a real-life relationship with. That's when our mindset begins to change. Our feelings and emotions start being changed because we're, we're walking in faith and we're living out our life in faith. Can you think of some circumstances right now, some things that you can be thankful for right now? Why don't we just, you know, as we thank God, just you can just be saying, thank you, Lord. But in your mind, think of what you're thankful for. Lord, I just thank you, Jesus. Praise your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this church. Lord, thank you for our health. Thank you for our families, Lord. Thank you that you're working salvation in us. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that makes us righteous and new. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're with us. Thank you that you will never leave us or forsake us. Thank you, God, that you have a plan for our future. Thank you that we are victorious in Christ. Thank you that you've given us this faith that's causing us to overcome every circumstance. Thank you, Lord, for those things that are in opposition to us right now because we're going to get to see how you're going to change the outcome. You know, just you can in a moment you can begin to just change and begin to be thankful about the biggest thing that's in your life, the biggest thing that's in opposition to your faith and to what God's doing. Maybe you're praying for a friend. Maybe you're praying for another person's health or their circumstance. Your thanksgiving brings God to bear over the situation. And our faith and our prayers change things. Our thanksgiving creates this attitude and this atmosphere of faith for which we could keep living off of. Thanks just simply means to express gratitude. And I think as we do it, even in our homes, you know, sometimes we can get so into our routines, we are so under stress, even in our homes, we kind of put off our Christianity and we just kind of kind of growl through our, our relationships. So what about we just stop and look at our, our family members and give words of appreciation for the things that they're doing, you know, for the things that are happening in our family. Maybe, you know, there's things that are bugging you about your family, but why don't you look the other way and find one thing that you can be thankful for? 
for, for those family members. It just changes our whole attitude. Or even your co-workers or, or your boss. Maybe you're irritated. They didn't give you a raise. Maybe, maybe you're struggling with some authority issues and you don't like what's going on. Maybe you could pick one thing and begin to thank that person for. You know, begin to, to just generate this, this generosity of, of being grateful and, and thankful. Okay, last week we were talking about weakness and vulnerability. We've been talking about it a little bit in this process of raising our, our emotional health. And last week we were talking about Paul and how in his weaknesses he, he was found that there was the strength that he had. And we're looking at the weaknesses that, that we have in our life. And instead of being all bummed out and down about them and maybe just praying, God, I want you to change this. We were looking to this place of, of seeing what God is going to do in our weakness, just like he did for Paul examining those things that we'd like to change about ourselves, but we often push to the side and we get into this denial about. So we're talking about uh, being weak and vulnerable. And I want to kind of launch today and uh, start off reading in Revelations 5, uh, verses 1 through 13. Weakness and vulnerability. Jesus, the lion and the lamb, representing strength and weakness. Representing Jesus' strength as he was a lamb. It came out of his Jesus' strength of the lion came out of him being the weak lamb. So John's writing this revelation he had of uh, from the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's telling this vision. So he starts off and says, I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and, in the four, and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes. Seven horns represents seats of authority and power. And, and it shows just a little glimpse, and we don't even have a full understanding of the Holy Spirit and this seven spirits, this dimension uh, of the sevenfold ministry of the Holy Spirit that comes through Jesus. Having seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. What exciting thing to realize today. There are seven aspects of the presence of the Holy Spirit that are now working right now on the earth. And I always wonder what the correlation is because the seven churches he talks about is that seven aspects of God's body on the earth, dynamics of the body of Christ that take on seven different uh, uh, missions or goals that, that, the, that the Holy Spirit has in fulfilling what God wants. There's a lot in that. And so it says he, he wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. I'm backtracking a little bit, aren't I? I want to read it again. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures. And in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it would slain, have been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. That should just boost our faith again. 
just the activity and the power and the dimension of the Holy Spirit, far-reaching like God, like God who spoke everything into existence, that seventh-fold Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit now, so relevant, so resident in the earth, so resident in our life as we're open to receive and to be open to the working of the Holy Spirit in our life. Verse 7, Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowl full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain. Scripture says that Jesus was the Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the world. That from the very beginning, at the fall of man, that God determined that he was going to send Jesus Christ to be the supreme sacrifice, to be the Lamb of God that is slain so that we might be brought back into the relationship with God and back into the, uh, uh, to the place where we can receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And have redeemed us from God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and that we should reign on the earth. You guys are kings and priests. If you've asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, the Lord Jesus Christ reigns in your life. The power of the Holy Spirit resides in you. The very power and presence that is beyond the veil in that throne room of God, the Holy of Holies, is now residing in you. And you're a king and you're a priest. And yet you may think, wow, you don't know what I'm wrestling with. You don't know what I'm struggling with. That's okay. Keep setting it aside. Allow the Holy Spirit, just like Daniel said, about getting in the presence of God and how God changes us. God cleans us up. That was a powerful word, Daniel. But that is what's happening with us. In growing and having our emotional health, dealing with anger and all the negative feelings that we have and how God's trying to raise up this emotional health in us, there has to be a confidence in who is in us. There has to be a confidence to even change our mindset where we're, when we're being condemned and beaten down and ridiculed to realize there is the righteousness of God that is in me through Jesus Christ. And the power of the Holy Spirit resonates deep within me. And we begin to walk in the Spirit. We begin to walk in a whole different realm and, and measure than we once did a moment again when we were condemning in ourselves and we were agreeing with the accuser of, of all Christians that we are no good. And yes, there still has to be more work done. I tell you, on that cross where Jesus died, the work was done. The mission was accomplished. Righteousness reigns. And we are established in our faith in God, not in how we feel or what circumstances look like. Verse 11. Then I looked, John said, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. That's where our thanksgiving arises, that there are 10,000 upon 10,000 upon 10,000 of angels and beings and, and, and probably believers who have gone on before who are honoring God because the Lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. And there's great victory resonating from the heavens, resonating through the earth, through the gospel and the message of the cross because people are being transformed and changed. That deliverance that Dory was talking about today, that, that yokes of bondages, you think, like, oh, is this ever going to break off? Is this ever going to change in my life? I tell you, whatever stands against the power of God, whatever stands against the truth of God must bow and must break off of us. Yeah. 
and every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Are you feeling pain in your body? Hallelujah, thank you for the Lamb on the throne because on the cross you purchased my salvation Sickness and disease came through sin. I am no longer under sin. I am under righteousness. If you have to spend the rest of your life believing God for healing, doing all that you need to do, going to the doctors, but praying for healing and believing that the Holy Spirit is working in your life, then that's where your faith should stand in what Jesus did, not in what your body is telling you, not what your physical circumstances are saying to you. Our, our faith, our righteousness, our stand is in the Word of God. Our problem is when we see the Word of God says one thing, and then our natural circumstances say another, we believe our natural circumstances. There are five senses working in our bodies telling us that the Word of God somehow is not working for me. That's why we must come into this place where we're interacting with God. We're asking about our, our circumstances. We're asking about the places we're weak and vulnerable. And we're asking God, is this something you're going to change? Or is this something I'm supposed to rise up in this weakness and I'm supposed to let your power become the strength and the ability through my weakness? Adam Clark wrote this, The Lamb, as it had been slain, as it if now is in the act of being offered, this is the very remarkable so important is the sacrificial offering of Christ in the sight of God that he, he, still represented, he still represented as being in the very act of pouring out his blood for the offenses of man. This gives great advantage to faith. When any soul comes to the throne of grace, he finds a sacrifice there provided for him to offer to God. That Lamb of God, even, even portrayed in heaven as slain from the foundation of the world, is a memorial that Jesus paid the price. And it stands in the throne room right now, th that vision of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world, to say that we are righteous by His blood, to cause us to get up out of sin and those things that easily trick us up and bring us into bondage, to say, no, I don't have to give in to that anymore, because Jesus, the Lamb of God, has been slain to set me, from, set me free from this sin and this darkness. Again, Jesus, the weak Lamb, is also the strong lion. Jesus is both a blend of strength and weakness. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10, we've been throwing this at you for a few weeks now. Paul wrote, and he said to me, My grace, the Lord said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. When I am weak, the Amplified Bible says, When I am weak in human strength, then am I truly strong, able, powerful, in divine strength. Jesus, the Lamb of God, gives us that strength. He who was weak has now become strong, because he paid the price. I want to shift the gears and go into another uh, segment about um, racing our emotional health. And it has to do with limits. Understanding the limits of who we are. The limits of our emotional state. The limits of our physical strength. The limits of, uh, we have limits everywhere. In, in, in our intellect, in our understanding, in our ability to do certain things. We know our limits. All of us have limits. Sometimes we are ashamed of our limits, or sometimes we deny our limits. But you have to look at limits as a new place. It's, it's a place where you are a unique person, and God's grace is there to help us to live within the boundaries of the limits of who we are, who God made us, how he's strengthening us, how he's changing us, how he's uh, changing our emotions and our temperament. There are certain things that are, are who we are. There's certain ways we think and feel that are never going to be changed. 
But how we function in understanding who we are as a person and our limits helps us be able to live as an overcomer, to live in the power and the strength that's now available to us in those places that we feel limited and we know our limitations. Some people are overachieving, trying to do everything. Maybe you're sitting there today and you've got a million irons in the fire and you're trying to do everything for yourself, everything for everyone else, and you're overwhelmed. Sometimes in being a busy person, we can miss out on tapping into God, where in, in our relationship with God and spending time with Him, we come to find out the limits that He wants us to operate in, the gifts, power, and ability that He possesses and gives to us for us to be the person that He's called us to be. And some of us are going to maybe pull back a little bit and, and find some new parameters in which we live out the limits of God. And some of you are going to not be lazy and get, get busier living the full limits of God, who God made you to be. Some of you are going to get more involved in this church. It's going to take burden off of other people, and we're going to see more of this body grow strong because you're assuming your position. You're taking your place in the ranks. In 1 Corinthians 12, 4, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit in the source of, is the source of all of them. Again, I really believe how we are bombarded in our uh, emotional health and the weaknesses of our emotional health and we're not growing because Satan's trying to keep us limited. If we are so focused on our, on our old man and if we're focused or, or in this place of immaturity in our emotional health, then we're being robbed of the spiritual gifts that have been uniquely assigned to us and given to us by the Holy Spirit. As he looks out and knows who we are, he knows how we're designed and he knows what gifts have been given to us. But sometimes our five senses in our natural mind can rob us of those gifts that we are to be operating in because we're sons and daughters. 1 Corinthians 12, 8-10. To one person, the, gift, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. And you can look at that word ability as another limit, uh, a potential that God gives us in how He wants to use us for his kingdom and he wants to bear influence through spiritual strength through who we are one to give the ability to have wise advice to another the same spirit gives a message of spiritual knowledge to the same spirit gives great faith to another to one someone else the spirit gives the gift of healing he gives one person the power to perform miracles to another the ability to prophesy again Dory stood up and did a prophetic uh, thought today of what God's going to be doing about breaking people out of yokes and bondage. That was a, a limit that God put on her. That, that's a spiritual gift that she operates in as she's walking in the Spirit and being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. What does she do? She gets up and she uses her mouth, uses her body as permission for the Holy Spirit to act. That's what has to happen. Satan wants to keep us so bound up in who we are that we're not walking in our God limits. We're walking in our, in our, in our past. There was that song that said about the word regret. How much time are we living yesterday over and over and over again with failures and regrets, and we're not using our, our God ability in the limits today to be greater and to use this full strength and power of what God wants to use in our lives. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person, he gives the ability to speak in unknown tongues while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. We've got to know our limits. 
And the more we go in Christ, we realize, really, our limits in God are expanded. We have a greater capacity. We have a greater capacity than just doing life on our own, doing life by our own understanding and our own wisdom. The Holy Spirit places limits on us. 1 Corinthians 12, 11. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Our limits complete an important part in the body. Look at your hand right now. Look at your hands. Does your hand do everything in your body? It does a lot of things, but it doesn't do everything. You have a design limit of how God made you to be. Just like the hand, you have a valid importance. But unless you're, you're not using that function, the body is lacking. There is lots of ministry not getting done. There's lots of the power of God that's not in operation. There's lots of demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit that's not operating. If you don't know all of who you are, and you're not knowing the full limit of, of who you are, and living in the total parameters and boundaries of who you are, there is not a full exercise of that design gift that God put in you. In 1 Corinthians 12, 12. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one body. So it is with the body of Christ. Maybe some of you are here checking us out today and thinking, well, this is not everything I wanted. Hmm. But maybe you're, God is sending you here today because you're going to fill maybe one of the parts that you see is lacking. <laughs> Story of the talents. Go to Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, and to another two, to another one, to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went into on his journey. Again, that's Jesus. We are saved, we are born again. The Holy Spirit is giving out gifts. We've got to activate those gifts. We've got to keep making choices by our connection with God, by reading the Word and learning to discern and hear God's voice where we start operating in those gifts that we become aware of. Why? Because when we're in tune with God, we're aware of what God has put in our life and, and how and when He wants, it, wants us to use them. So he went on his journey. Verse 16. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. Again, I think that shows the multiplication and the activity of the Holy Spirit when we're using what, we, what we're supposed to do, the, the cause and effect on another person who responds to the Holy Spirit and us using our gifts on them. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more. But he who had received one went and dug it in the ground and, his Lord, and hid his Lord's money. Some of you have been burying your talents. And Jesus is going to start digging on you a little. He's going to push you out. It's going to be a little uncomfortable, but you're going to start flying. You're going to start walking and running. You're going to say, like, why did I hold myself back so long? This is good. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. I have to say, there is more lasting joy in serving God 
than just trying to live for ourselves. But it talks about, to me, there's a, there's a hint, too, about eternity. There is so much more waiting for us in eternity. To me, eternity ha- has to be pretty special, pr- pretty exciting, pretty useful for us to be part of it, for us to live forever and ever. You can get, you can get tired just thinking about living forever and ever. He who also had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. You know, some of you want to be ruler. Some of you you aren't feeling like no one respects you. No one's letting you rule. Maybe you're in training. It's all going to happen in eternity. Serve well now. Do everything you're supposed to do now. And I tell you, in the kingdom, God will use you as a ruler. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that you were a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. Don't let Jesus say to you, You're a lazy servant. That's, that's kind of that's scary to hear that. You knew that I reap where I have not sown. And I gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given. Anybody want more? There's a promise right here. If you start using, if you start pushing to use your limits, and it is going to be a push to start using your limits, you're going you're gonna to get more. God promises right there, you're going to get more. And he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast that unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. As we have become aware of our weaknesses and vulnerability, we can find soul peace and rest as we recognize our human and spiritual limits. The limits placed by God are for our good. Some of us are going to have to place healthy boundaries on our emotional life and, and our relationships. Some people we're giving out to should be, give it, should be doing things on their own. So maybe you're going to rein back some of what you're doing and you're going to look at that person you're investing in and saying, are they doing their part? Or am I doing it all for them? Sometimes it takes us the place to step back and say, you know, you know how to do this and I'll start doing it. I'll support you but you got to start carrying your own weight. And then we find out we come out from under a lot of extra emotional and spiritual pressure that's not ours because we're doing so many things that really are beyond our limits. It can help us establish better relationships. And um, it can also take the pressure off us of, of having relationships. Sometimes we have such a, an emotional pressure on us, there's not a peace and a, and, a, and a relaxing to be able to just do relationships with the Holy Spirit working through us where there's a grace to have relationships and, and to be connected. Jo- John the Baptist, he recognized his limits. In John three twenty seven, John answered his followers saying, A man can receive nothing. He can claim nothing. He can take into himself nothing except as it was granted to him from heaven. A man must be content to receive the gift which is given to him from heaven. There is no other source. I think for us, you know, as we greater work, you know, more to just 
get our emotional health right, deal with anger, deal with places that were disconnected and shut down, we start to recognize our God-given limits. We start maybe confronting people in our lives that uh, maybe hold some kind of a emotional hold over our lives, and we feel oppressed. We, we feel not free to be the people that God calls us to be. But as we get that boldness through the Holy Spirit to, to make things right and get relationships right, we find this, this healthiness that comes over us, this, this, uh, this divine grace to live in the limits of who God made us to be. Jesus had limits. Temptation is whatever draws us to cross over the limits God places on us. Those limits are for blessing and protection from evil. And in Matthew 4, you can uh, see the different temptations that Jesus had. You know, when he when is led by the Spirit to be tempted by Satan, he was really tempting Jesus, too, to see, is Jesus going to cross over his limits? When Jesus was hungry at the end of those 40 days, and, you know, Satan offered him to use his power to make bread out of stones, Jesus could have justified it. You know what? He just wants me to show my power. And, you know, I got power. I could show it. But Jesus didn't buy into that, even though his stomach was saying, oh, bread sounds good right now. You know? He, he stayed those limits. Satan takes him up onto that pinnacle. Again, tells him to throw himself down. If you're the son of God, throw yourself down. The angels will take care of you. Again, he could have shown his power, you know, over uh, aerodynamics. You know, I am God in the flesh. Jesus didn't do it. That final temptation when he showed him all the kingdoms of the world in an instant of time. Can you imagine? Here he is, the son of God. He came to save the world. What if in a moment he had given into the pressure to take the lordship over all those kingdoms? Wouldn't that have seemed uh, valuable or worthwhile? No. He says, you can't tempt God. In Jesus limiting himself and not doing all the miracles that we think he should have done, what was his limitations? He was coming to earth to be the Lamb of God, to be slain for the world. His limits was to go to the cross. And that's why he didn't cross over his boundaries. He stayed in the limits and the parameters that were assigned to him by God to fulfill. And sometimes, you know, it gets us to really thinking about how we're using our gifts and abilities. Are we operating in the fullness of the limits of, of who God called us to be? Are we trying to be like someone else? Is, is some other ministry or some other gift more appealing to us? But is it out of who we've been called to be? There is great pleasure in just finding ourselves and using who we are. Maybe our um, worship team could come. In John 17, 4, right before he went to the cross, when he, when he was talking to disciples and praying, he talks to the Father and says this, I have glorified you down here on earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. Maybe as you go today, this week, you can just ask yourself some questions. Take some paper and pen when, when you take your time with the Lord and begin to check out yourself. See where your limits are. See who, who, who you're trying to impress or you know, who you're trying to please and get before God and begin to ask God to help me to recognize my God-given limits, the boundaries and gifts of which I'm supposed to operate in who I am. And just watch how a new freedom is going to come into your life as you live in, in those limits.